uh, the Lord opened up the door here uh, to uh, transform what was once a bowling alley um, and a plumbing business. Uh, someone was telling me the other day, they just remember, shop- they remember shopping here for plumbing supplies at one point. Uh, no one mentioned remembering, you know, a perfect uh, bowling match. But, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and then it was transformed into a church and the Lord provided to make it a comfortable place for that. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful fit, uh, you know, for, for about 10 years now. And so, um, and so, but with that, as we've been growing and young families have been coming into the church, uh, we've been making a lot of babies. And uh, during one of our fasts, Grandma Barb had a dream that, uh, that uh, the nursery was overflowing with babies and they were crawling out the... Um, crawling out the hallway, you know, escaping. And that's pretty much come true. You know, it's amazing the dreams that come from fasting. Um, and so, and so, you know, just over time, you know, the, the classrooms back there seem to be getting smaller and smaller. Uh, as you can see today, you know, the sanctuary is, you know, we, we don't have a ton of room for growth here uh, in the sanctuary. It kind of ebbs and flows depending on the seasons. Um, but that just causes us to think, you know, as we lease this building, you know, what does the Lord have as the next lease period comes up? Do we re-sign or do we look for something else? And for a number of lease periods, we've been looking at different possibilities and different options. Uh, we've been looking at land and property, you know, driving up in trucks and getting out and tape measuring things off. And, oh, could you envision that this field here, what could this field be and build a building and then we go and we crunch the numbers and pencil it out and you know there's just no way no way unless a miracle would happen um and then uh as time goes on certain structural issues with this building uh come up and um and you know they're just concerning things that cause constant repairs on our part as well as the continuing growing children's ministry and with that you know once church is out nowhere for the kids to safely be, to foster fellowship here. You know, we kind of joke that our playground at the church is this stop sign on the corner. You know, they run up and down the sidewalk and then, you know, spin on the stop sign and someone's there avoiding traffic from hitting our kids. And that's been the game for 10 years. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's still quite a concern for us. Uh, and we're at a point where our three-year lease is up uh, this December 31st. And so for the last two lease periods, uh, we've just been diligently seeking different um, property options. Uh, A couple years ago, we were down at the old Outback Pizza Place. The hub is there now. Looking through it, meeting there many times, measuring it out, working what it could look like, taking a possible pizza place and making it a a church. And it has smaller ceilings than here, great parking, some land, but you know, the renovations and the costs and the, the banks and all that, it just, the Lord just said, like, no. In fact, one of the big things is we were going to need to tap into our missions money to make it happen. It would have just been something we would have had to have made happen. And we just said, nope, we don't touch the missions money. You know, that, you know we're here for mission. So we don't want to um, expense one for the other. Uh, and so we felt that was a shut door. At the same time, we, we had a building kind of hopscotch across from the meat market here. Uh, that we used uh, years ago when I first moved here as a youth building. I uh, put some money into it years ago when I moved here and then couldn't afford it, backed out. No one touched it for years. Uh, then we went back over again, rented it, 
used it for storage as we tried to figure out a blueprint of how it could work for our children's ministry. You know, we'd rent here, rent there, put 20000 in over there into renovations, take the kids outside, down the street, you know, just odd, but doing what we can with what we have, asking tough questions, trying to be good stewards. Are we using all that we have here to the best of our ability, using every square inch? Uh, Jerry Bishop and I met you know, made the blueprints out, had an option that we were going to renovate that for our children's ministry. Uh, and at the last minute, the landlord said, no, it's, it's not worth it to me to have you do that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to rent it to you guys anymore. So shut door. We're back here uh, just being faithful to do what the Lord has us do using every inch of that, that space back there. I actually moved my office out, uh, moved it home. I work from home full time now. My office is now another children's ministry classroom. And it's packed back there. Raise your hand if you serve in the children's ministry in our church. Are you going to attest to the packedness of it? Uh, I had a meeting last Sunday back there in one of the classrooms, and there were six adults, and we barely fit in there, six adults, uh, let alone add a whole bunch of munchkins and running around and all of that stuff. So it's really at a critical level of a safety level with our children as we endeavor to make disciples of our kids and provide a, a safe and profitable place for them to learn. And so, you know, we were at a place where structurally this building was having some issues that were really frustrating when we were in Nepal last year. Uh, there were things happening. We were just frustrated by that. And so it was on the way back from Nepal last year in the car, Blaine and I opened up an email that we got from Adam that a man from our church was down doing laundry at the laundromat, and uh, you know, a lady overheard him kind of talking about our church building situations, and, and she said, that's really interesting. I'm from the Episcopal Church, and you know, we've just, just, over the years, we're just kind of an older group of folks, just a small number of us left, and we've just been feeling like God wants to do something with our building for his glory. We've got a whole two-thirds of our building that we're not even using or a half that's completely available and um and let's let's talk about you know loaning it to you guys or or um, renting it to you guys or letting you borrow that half and so we met with them we walked through there was great space available and uh and they said write up what your best case wish list scenario would be for using this building and so we wrote up everything that we would want to do with this building, everything that we, at this time we're talking about the right side of the building, the large sanctuary area with a large basement. And we wrote up renovations and this and that and, and you know, boundaries that we would need between our fellowships and, you know, doctrinal beliefs that we have that we will by no means compromise in, you know, and things like that that were just, you know, like big wish list items, best case scenario. And uh, they met for a little while, and then they came back to us, and they said, you know, it seems like you would be in this building way more than we would. Would you be interested in just buying it from us? And we said, well, yeah, we'd be interested. But as we worked, have worked through numbers in the past, uh, we knew that, you know, working with a bank as a church can be difficult. And so we, uh, after time of thinking and praying and discussing uh, we met with them about the option of them carrying the loan. And so this has all been happening uh, since 2017, January. Okay, so it's been a little over a year. We've been working with this uh, church and their diocese that is over them about would the Episcopal Church diocese 
uh, be willing to carry a loan on this building. And so that opened up the doors of, you know, they're getting appraisals on the building and they're talking with their diocese. And, and I'm not going to give the exact figure right now. Maybe Adam can do that. But the tax assessment of this property is significantly more than what they're asking for it. Basically, they had an appraisal done on the building and, uh, and the appraiser said, you know, you could ask anywhere from $1.5 million for this building down to 350000 It's up to you guys. And they came back and said, we would want to give it to Calvary Chapel for $350,000 because we want them in it. Now, the interesting thing is the board has been praying that, uh, or just have them give it to us, you know, like we're all about the same <laughs> mission, you know. Uh, we're, you know, we're all on the same page here. Just, man, let them just give it to us. And as we're working through, you know, the, the offer from the Episcopal Church to carry our loan, looking at the possibilities of dealing with some other banks, even church banks, um, a gal that I've worked with that has done Calvary Chapel Corvallis and Klamath Falls loan, uh, she said, it's almost like they're just giving it to you. And, you know, I've just been thinking, you know, the Lord cares about them. The Lord cares about their future just like he cares about us. And it's just interesting that it's almost like they're just uh, giving it to us. So here's some slides uh, as it goes forward. Um, and so this is, this is just where we're at um, in kind of our next process. You know, years ago we were at the outback, pushing on doors, pushing on doors, praying, looking at our vision as a church, our mission as a church. Will this compromise that in any way? Looking at how it pencils out numerically um, are these are these things that um, we want to do as a church that the Lord is calling us uh, to do as a church and so you know we just believe that over the last year and some odd months that we've just went through one door and it hasn't shut we've walked through the next door and it hasn't shut and honestly there's been times where I've been like well that's a shut door that's a shut door in fact when I first heard about it I was like no way no way and just Open door, open door, open door. And here's where we're at. Uh, this is the next step, is that we have an offer to the Episcopal ch Church. They've countered our offer. Um, so far, the banks and wise counselors have said it's a very fair and generous offer. But we're also looking at that offer with it, it's more than fair and generous. But what can we do as a church? And so we're in the process over the next... Uh, two weeks from Thursday, so really we have less than two weeks, of praying through what we can do, um, being very responsible. This is, um, I should probably just share a little bit about the building itself. Uh, this is the original chapel that was built in 1946, I believe. Um, I guess one of the uh, owners of the lumber mill here in town donated the lumber and went to that church, and this is all solid sheets of wood that has been just really hand-tooled and beautiful. Um, there, uh, you know, it's a, it's a churchy building. It's a churchy building. And in one sense of that, that's really cool and amazing. It, it's not a pizza building that doesn't really fit us that we're going to have to try to like make work. And it was designed to worship the Lord, to facilitate the works of the ministry, to tend to children and to make disciples of children. It was designed for this. And so you've got this little chapel on the uh, west end of the building that, uh, you know, can make a great place for small gatherings, small Bible study, fellowship times, worship times, children's ministry gatherings. 
This place has two kitchens, okay? This is the large kitchen downstairs. By the way, downstairs has uh, great natural light all throughout. You can kind of tell from this large kitchen. Um, if you've been in our kitchen here, that one's probably four times the size of our kitchen or so. Um, upstairs also has a kitchen, kitchen that you'll see pictures of. Um, I won't lie to you. This building is in need of some major modifications. Um, and, you know, just in this, the elders and the, and the planning team, we just want to be as transparent with you guys as possible about it. Um, it's not a piece of junk building. You know, it's a beautiful building with great possibilities, but it's also old. You know, some of the flooring looks like it was put in, you know, with 1980s laminate styles, you know, and design and things like that. But it's actually in good shape. And so on one hand, we've got a building that's, you know, in an emergency state or whatever. It's move-in ready. But we would be dealing with some issues like some sound issues, uh, some, uh, you know, furnaces that are since, what, 1989 or something. And that the, that the heat experts say, you know, they're, they're doing okay. One looks like it could croak in about a year. But you just don't know. I mean, they've been well-maintained. Uh, so there are... Uh, renovations that would be wonderful to do if the Lord brought that in. You know, I mean, great wallpaper. You got to love it. Um, <laughs> things like that. But, you know, here we are. Here we are as a church, guys. We've got we've to determine what we're going to do with our lease um, by December 31st. Do we re-sign here? Praise God if we do. We'll just walk forward in that. Or we've got this in front of us um, or other options. You know, we're really praying that the Lord would show us what his will is for our body. Um, there's various, you know, office spaces and things that are being shown up there, a really cool fireside room, a uh, great place for fellowship, things like that. Um, this building here is 4,600 square feet, and the Episcopal Church is 10,585 uh, square feet. So lots and lots of room for the kids to learn and grow and play there's a yard and then across the street is a possibility for using the old crooked river elementary school and now it's pioneer high school or something and the playground there johnny's role is to talk with the school board about getting that option um, available for us uh, and so there's these great potentials the sanctuary would fit about what we have now kevin was that what we said maybe about what we have now kevin and i were talking about the other day but there's also the possibility, you know, in room for growth or whatnot, to add the balcony on, double its size, and create stadium seating uh, to really add almost another third of the size of the sanctuary. So, um, so there's room for growth even in the sanctuary um, with the lot size that we currently have. So, again, this is where we're at. Um, we can go ahead and stop the, the slides, maybe just show the, the main building picture there. Um, it's exciting, you know, it's exciting to just be trusting the Lord and walking what the Lord has for us in any given day. In no way do we want to make this happen or have this be a work of our flesh. Uh, this, this current building's been on our table for over a year. You might remember that during the week of prayer and fasting last year, we fasted that week about this building and that the Lord would just be leading us as a church. Since then, we've had different kind of big meetings come up, things come up where we've called the church to fast about those meetings, about the offerings that are on the table. If you've been coming to the pulse, you've been a part of the, the laboring in prayer over just what God has in this. Um, and the Lord might be putting a shut door before us that we would rejoice in. 
Um, that might be on a financial level, or that might be as the elders uh, pray over this, you know, that the Lord just says, hey, here's a test in front of you, you know, just because you know, just it could work with money, does that mean I'm in it? And so we would be able to pray and say, yay or nay, according to the Lord. But this is the next step that we have before us, and it really has today um, just a call to pray and to fast and to think about where you might be able uh, to give generously should the Lord go ahead and open up the door on the financial level of this. And so we're going to have Adam come on up and just share some of the numbers part of it. And so he's uh, our deacon in the church. <laughs> and uh, stay tuned for two weeks Bible study from now about deacons. But right now we've got a deacon. And uh, he's on the financial board. And he's on this um, building committee that we've got. Uh, guys from our body that have been getting together and working through structural integrity, everything like that. Even financial stuff. And so Adam's going to just kind of give a brief report on that aspect of it. So uh, I'm just, like Roy said, just going to give you guys some numbers, some <clears throat> just some facts of where we are maybe currently in our budget um, and <clears throat> just some renovation costs, some very rough ballpark um, renovation costs for this building. So let me start. Um, so where we are currently, our budget's about 140 thousand a year here so that's about eleven thousand seven hundred a month um give or take a lunch for me um so <clears throat> but um so last year we ran at a deficit until about december uh when the lord uh brought in a we had a uh, thirty thousand dollar month which brought us back to flush for the year so um the lord's been faithfully providing for us in this building for about 10 years, um, and uh, e at times even at a, at a budget higher than we are now. So um, let's see. So January of this year, so we were, we're flush going into this year. So January, is that we, we, we operated about 11700 a month. So January was like under 5000 giving, and February was about eight. And so that's about what we need for one month. So we're about a month behind as, as already, which I mean, it's just, just how it goes, you know, um, how it seems to be the pattern, but um, from a numbers standpoint. Um, so we have a little bit of uh, funds in the bank right now, but, but those are strictly for, I mean, we don't, we probably have three months, maybe expenses uh, in the bank. So close to that. So um, that, that's, it's got to be there. We have to have that. So, um, so anything we want to do with this building, you know, it would be funds that the Lord would would bring in for that. Um, the offer that we got from the Episcopal was, um, you know, they they came up with a number of three hundred fifty thousand for the building, and um, they will carry the note for for a period of time, about five years, um, so we can develop. A payment history and you know there's some of those uh the aspect of it but um mainly uh they want 20 percent down is what they were requesting um and so they're open to counter offers from us and some things so so with those numbers we went in and we looked at the building and like what are some 
dollar amounts or what are some renovations that we felt like um, we would need to do up front. Uh, like Rory said, the, the building is, um, I mean, it's in working condition. Uh, it structurally is sound, uh, I mean, it seems to be. Um, and so, but, but there are, it is an older building and there are some older things in it and uh, they, for a period of time, for a while now, have not really been able to afford to maintain that building. Um, and so there's, <coughs> like the furnaces, there's seven furnaces, for instance, and they're all 30 years old. So, uh, you know, we met with a heating guy down there, and, and he said, like, these could go out. Just So you'd want to phase in replacing those, and those are about $4,000 a unit, so over a period of time. So, but they are working right now. So some immediate things, uh, like Rory talked about, would be, the sound issue from the top to the bottom, um, and the bathrooms updating and, and making some bathrooms a little more ADA compliant. Well, um, carpet in the classrooms, new carpet uh, to spruce them up, maybe possibly a padding for the nursery like we have now. Uh, there's also the balcony. We <coughs> talked about an immediate need being a glass on the balcony as we have kids that might try to skydive. So uh, that would not be good. Um, and uh, some, those were, those were s most, so the bathrooms, the sound, the glass, uh, the carpet, those are some of the more immediate me needs. Um, and so th that number is, like I said, this is, this, this isn't, these aren't bids, these are just, we're sitting in a room uh, you know, with guys that know uh, building and, and are, are, um, are wise in this. And that we, th we think there's probably about 60,000 worth of renovations up, up front could, could take place. Um, and <coughs> the, uh, some of them not so immediate, but maybe opportunities down the road. You know, the expansion would be of maybe the sanctuary, for instance. Um, that would be, it's just kind of timing optional maybe on that, but um, there's the uh, fireside room that, you know, could use a new floor uh, over the laminate that's there. And so there are some, uh, there are some items that, so like Roy said, if we expanded the, the sanctuary now seats about what we have now, maybe, maybe pretty close, about 150, I think is what we, is what we counted. And then if we expand it, though, it will add about 80 seats. So that'd be seat about 230. <coughs> Carry the one, yeah. Um, so, uh, so we're just currently just trying to gather information. We <coughs> we have some uh, been looking at doing inspections as well, um, getting an ex inspection together. Just because the end of, for instance, at the end of uh, five years, we uh, we'll need to refinance with the bank. And so we want to make sure that we're compliant with what the bank would require. We've been in contact with the banks and uh, getting a, knowing what they would need inspection-wise and what would, how it need to pass and be approved and um, all of those things going forward. So that's something we're looking into now, not in five years and going, oh, man, we should have done this. So trying to look forward in that. Um, and so that's pretty much the number standpoint um, let's see yeah um, 
the oh the other the like Roy said that the some of the banks and uh, places we've talked to have talked we, we've shared this the offer with them that the Episcopal Episcopal has presented us with and and they are favorable terms uh, you know like a bank amortizes out for 20 years so your payments a little bit higher they, they'll amortize for 30 so our payment is lower so we can save up a little bit money to put some repairs in some some of those things so uh, for a season um, for instance but um, that's pretty much it's pretty much it do you want me to share anything okay so also so I share with you guys where we are monthly in this billing what what it costs us to operate what, what we bring in and, and so um, it's it would be tempting probably to uh, to tithe money for a building uh, rather than your tithe for this place here so this <clears throat> anything that the Lord would maybe lay on your guys' hearts would be um, would, would need to be above and beyond of what we're already giving um, this doesn't <clears throat> this we, we still have a building here for a year that, that we need to operate and um, that we are uh, the Lord has put us in and, and um, so just so you just so you know you I mean you hear the numbers of, of where we are so we're like a month behind for instance in rent which um, like I say is is it's a long it's a, we got a long year in front of us and um, but the main thing would be uh, this isn't this isn't money that you would take your monthly tithe and go, okay, I'm just going to, I want this building, so I'm just going to, like, give to the building because um, I know how to add, and I'll be on to you. So um, uh, <laughs> so it's above and beyond uh, what we are currently giving. So uh, anyways, uh, Rory, if, if you got anything else. So, again, you know, you can appreciate that this is where we are, you know, in the step of leading this body, overseeing this body, providing a place for us to fellowship. Uh, it's interesting, last night as I was laying in bed, I just kind of did the math that uh, in the about almost 11 years that we'll have been in this building, um, it comes out to be about uh, $350,000. And so, you know, when you think about it, uh, that's just the rent that we've been paying into this building. And it's, when you think about it, it's just similar decision-making that you have when you are a home with a family, you know, and you're like, hey, do we just keep renting this building for a while? Or do we, you know, invest, you know, into the future, um, into the property, into the real estate, anything like that? Um, you know, our purpose as a church is that we exist to make disciples, first of all, in our city, then in all nations, and then we send them out to proclaim and embody the gospel of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Um, our mission statement goes on to say, well, how are we going to do that? And we're going to do that by regularly gathering together as a church. We're going to do that by regularly gathering under the Christ-centered word, uh, under the qualified leadership that God has put over us. We are going to intercede and pray and be generous and use our gifts, and we are going to be a New Testament church. And as you read about the New Testament church, they gathered. They gathered somewhere. 
And I certainly appreciate the gatherings that happen in small homes or large homes throughout Prineville or throughout. Uh, that's awesome. You know, the, you know if, if they fit the New Testament ecclesiology, those are churches where they're at. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. Uh, however, that's not where the Lord has led us to be in the last 16 years as a church. He's brought about that we are a bit of a larger body, a larger gathering. And so uh, this is just something that the Lord has before us to fast and to pray about, to be a facilitator for our mission as a church, uh, to make disciples, to make disciples locally. Uh, you guys think about the investment that we have coming up uh, in the classrooms behind us. There are a lot of kids that we care for, that we invest in making disciples. This isn't just about our generation. This is about the generations um, that will come. <clears throat> and so as you look at the New Testament, uh, we've done many teachings on generous giving. It's not something that we feel we need to shy away from as a church, certainly something that is abused as a church, but we believe just as Jesus said that where your money is there, your heart is also. And we teach about the condition of the heart. We want to address the barometer of the heart. And so we believe that a New Testament church is full of people in that church that are generous towards the work of the Lord with their time, with their tools, with their money, with their resources, whatever it is, we're just generous. Whatever we have isn't our own, it's the Lord. And so we're led by the Spirit to give as he shares. And I'd encourage you to get onto our church sermon player on our website and just type in tithe or giving or go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 uh, where we've done many teachings on giving. But in 2 Corinthians, you see that Paul would call the church to give. And he would call them not to give out of begrudging obligation or out of a have to, but to give because the Holy Spirit has led. And he gives a principle for us that the Macedonians or the Philippians, that they gave according to their ability. And that's a great place to start giving as a Christian. We look at our budget. We look at our monthly finances. This is our ability. Let's give according to that. That might be 10%, but I don't believe that that's uh, the ceiling that God would have us be as givers. Uh, it might be 5% as we're led by the Spirit. It might be 30 or 50% as we're led by the Spirit. But we give according to our ability. And then Paul says, and then beyond your ability, be, be freely willing to give. And so what we want to do at this time in our church history is encourage you guys to go to the Lord with prayer and with fasting over the course of the next week. And we ask you to get together with your spouse and to go over your church finances, or go over your home finances, go over your home assets, and just ask the Lord to be showing you, how are we doing giving as a family, as a couple? Are we giving according to our ability? Lord, show us. Uh, then, Lord, how would you have us give beyond our ability to be freely willing? to look at the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ that's been given to us, and then to say, Lord, we, how can we not just give back to you in worship and in adoration? You know, as a uh, church, we never want to put pressure on you to give. You know, we want to teach the word, and we want there to be that right level of, Lord, calls his people to be generous. 
At the same time, we never want to be squeezing you and grabbing you by the neck. We will never do that. We will never grab you by the neck and squeeze you up and shake you to get the coins to fall out of your pocket. Uh, That's something we just will never do. But if you will with me turn to Exodus chapter 35. And look at verse 4. We're not going to read the whole section, but we're going to look at highlights from uh, the next chapter and a half. It says, Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, this is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord gold, silver, and bronze. And so what we have here is Moses calling for offerings to be brought so that the tabernacle can be built. And the language that he uses is very descriptive of where our hearts should be when it comes to giving to the work of the Lord. As we're going through 1 Timothy, we're studying about Bible interpretation. And in no way, as I have you turn to Exodus chapter 35, am I going to say, this is a proof text that God wants there to be a church building in Primeville, Oregon, and you need to give to it. That's not where I'm going with that. But I do think it's a wonderful description and a model for us on how the Lord would have us be generous. And in this case, generous towards providing a facility for our body to grow in making disciples and sending them out to evangelize the world. And so Moses said in verse 5, it's to be an offering to the Lord. As we get together with our families this week and pray and fast, Lord, what would you have us offer in worship up to you? In verse 5 we see, it's whoever is of a willing heart. Let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. Again, we, we don't believe it's biblical to grab people's neck and shake them and put condemning messages and to keep calling them about their building pledge and, hey, don't you remember, you know, you, you know, and, you know, we're going to start charging interest on your building pledge if you don't get that paid. No, we're not going to do that. We won't do that. We want to be biblical in this. We want to present the need just as Moses did and that, let the Lord work in the hearts to become willing hearts. Again, as Corinthians says, not of begrudging obligation to give. As you go on, there's a list of all types of materials that the people could come and they could bring to help provide for uh, the facility of the tabernacle as well as the beauty of the tabernacle. Everything in the articles of the tabernacle. And then they came and in verse 20, they presented these things. It says in verse 20, all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service, and for the holy garments. And so what we do is we're just calling that everyone whose heart is stirred over the next week, that you would be seeking the Lord for a spirit that is willing to give of the abundant resources that he has given for the kingdom's work. And so it says that they came, in verse 22, both men and women, and as many had a a willing heart. So important that it would be from a willing heart that you would be purposing to give over the next season. If you jump down to verse 29, the children of Israel brought 
a free will offering to the Lord. It's just free will. Guys, even today, don't feel pressure. Don't feel some sort of heavy hand of the leadership that this, this is where we're at and you've got to make it happen. We trust the Lord. We trust the Lord, whether it's we go on and, and sign a next lease here. We trust the Lord that if we, you know, break up and become house churches, we, we trust the Lord. This is what the Lord has before us. And as we fast and pray as a church and as a leadership, we know, hey, this is just what God has before us. Lord, show us that we would bring a free will offering to you if that's what you're doing. Again, it says in verse uh, 29, all the men and women whose hearts were willing to bring material for all kinds of work which the Lord by the hand of Moses had commanded to be done. And so it may be that, yes, you're able to kind of help us out on this first part of getting a down payment together, purposing some sort of money amount, but it may also be that you, as you look at the scriptures, you've got people with gifted skill and craftsmanship and the ability to help with the building on something like the Episcopal Church. Uh, maybe you have, man, you know what? I've got connections with a sheetrock guy. I've got connections with a heat, an HVAC guy. Um, I'm gifted in this ability, that ability. You know what? The Lord's put on my heart. I'm to provide the insulation so that, you know, there's a, there's a sound barrier between the children's ministry classes and the sanctuary. I want to give towards the building of the balcony. You know, in the future, man, maybe the Lord would have you give towards some specific craft or work that will need to come up you know, on a building that we're looking at that would need some renovation or some maintenance or some help. And then as you go over to chapter 36, verse 2, Moses called Bezalel and Aholib and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And so it's just great to have a, a team of men right now that they've just got gifts of wisdom. The Holy Spirit is just helping to facilitate looking at the numbers, looking at where our church is at, looking at structural integrity of a building, things like that so that we can move forward with wisdom and, uh, and with a future and with a plan. Uh, it goes on to say at the end of verse 3, the people continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. They just kept coming in and coming in and coming in. It's just a beautiful picture as it says, uh, verse 4, Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a command and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying, let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, too much. And you just got to love that. You know, you've got Moses who sees the need. He hears the, the Lord directing. He brings it before the people. He doesn't put a stranglehold on them. He doesn't manipulate them to bring money. He shows the need. He sends them home to pray. And as the people spent real time before the Lord, the Lord said, hey, you know this? It's time to give that up for the Lord. Hey, you know this amount? It's time. To, hey, you know this dream that you've had that you've been saving up for? That's not of me. You need to give that up. 
I remember when uh, Calvary Chapel Corvallis was going through their building project. Very similar story as ours. I was on staff at Calvary Chapel Corvallis through, we were meeting in high schools, we were meeting in middle schools, we were a mobile church, we'd get there at 5.30 in the morning and set up, we'd be there till 3 p.m. tearing down. It was a lot of work, it was a wonderful work. And then the Lord finally provided 56 acres in Corvallis, and it was incredible to listen to my pastor Rob's teaching on uh, just where they were at at the same time that we were, and they happened to be going through the passage on the giving towards uh, the temple through David. But I remember as, uh, as they were doing a similar thing as us, just putting the need before the body, that I had three horses that I just loved. Three horses that, you know, one was a registered quarter horse from the ranch I grew up on. Just an incredible breeding mare uh, that's uh, just beautiful, a little spunky, really hard to shoe, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> But beautiful horse uh, that was from my heritage, from my ranch that I grew up on. One of my grandpa's colts that he, you know, brought and bred and trained. And just a sentimental special thing. I had a Mustang from the Nevada desert, a beautiful sorrel uh, stud that we made a gelding with a beautiful golden mane. I named him Noble. And I just loved that horse. And, uh, and, you know, he was a project that my dad and I did just about a year before my dad died. So I had, I had this, I had this paint horse that was just this incredible roping horse. One of the most well-trained horses I'd had my entire life of being raised with horses. I had these three horses, uh, and as I'm telling the story, i got to be truthful, that beautiful quarter horse mare died, so she's not part of this story anymore. Got to remember things correctly. I don't want to lie to you. Lindsay's going to hold me accountable. Uh, so I had two, two incredible horses, great horses. I was actually keeping them at the church property and riding around the church 56 acres. And I was going to sell those horses. I couldn't take care of them anymore. It was just too much work for me to do. And I was going to buy myself a dirt bike. It was time to get a dirt bike. And I was going to go ride the trails of the valley. And I was all getting planned up and looking on Craigslist. And me and my buddy who was a dirt bike rider, we were going we to get dirt bikes and we were going to go have some fun. And Rob taught a very similar message that we're at this morning. And the Lord said, those horses aren't yours. And I didn't give you those so that you could just go ahead and go live for yourself and just live a life of pleasure. I gave you those for kingdom purposes. So whatever you're doing, whether you're riding a horse or riding a motorcycle, are you going to be doing it for the kingdom of God? And he put on my heart so strongly, I remember sharing it with my wife with tears in my eyes, that I'm not supposed to get a motorcycle with the things that have been so sentimental and things that would bring back past and memories of dad and memories of the ranch. These are to go towards the building of the church in Corvallis so that disciples can be made. And I would just encourage you guys, you know, you've got things like that, just like I do. I still do. I've got stuff around my house. I've got guns that just haven't been shot in forever. They're dusty, they're there, no one's using them. We've got bikes galore, we've got two lawnmowers, you know, we, we, I don't need two lawnmowers, we've got stuff. You know, it was just a few years ago that we'd come back from Nepal, we fasted and prayed about what our next thing was for Nepal, and we were fasting in the, the two days, it was the day after the fast ended, that we were celebrating what God did in our fast. And wondering what was next for Nepal, and a massive earthquake hit Nepal. Some 8,000 people were killed. One of the epicenters was right where we were trekking. 
right where our missionary group was. And we came before the body with James chapter 5, speaking about how all the gold and silver and possessions that you have that are beginning to corrode and rust and get outdated, it's a picture of your souls that are corroding and rusting and they will perish because you are seeking for the riches of this world and you're not being rich towards the Lord. And it was that day for that purpose, we were just in James chapter 5, that we called the Lord with pictures of Nepal on the screen to give according and beyond your ability, be freely willing for the work that God wants to do in Nepal and bringing relief and aid to the Nepali people. And in one day in our church, one Sunday, it wasn't a big Sunday, it wasn't a full Sunday, it was a pretty sparse Sunday. One day, $20,000 came in. That's big. That's very big for our body. And we were able to rejoice in the providence of the Lord, and we were able to send it off to our partners in Nepal, and they were able to feed and bring refuge and strength to the hurting people of Nepal. And we're in a similar place, just in where we're at as a church, that there's a, that there's a need in our body, and we need to go to the Lord, and we need to fast, and we need to pray about this. Freely willing. And so what we're going to call the church to is on Thursday of this week and on Saturday of this week, we want you to take those days aside to fast. Okay, so we want you to take the the days between now and Thursday to be working with your family, working on the finances, just be thinking about assets that you have. Lord, be showing us about what we can do, brainstorming, pray about the building option, pray about our vision and our mission as a church. Just be thinking about those things. And let's Come as a church on Thursday. Uh, You know, if you want to come down to the church, we'll keep posted on Facebook about any gatherings of prayer. But we're just going to plan as a church. We're going to be fasting on Thursday. We're going to be fasting on Saturday. We're going to spend that time asking the Lord, Lord, is there anything like Rory's horses that I have that it's time to hold loosely to and to let go and to give to you? Would you just show me those things? Is there a number beyond my ability that I could be freely willing with? And as you do that, we've got some cards out in the foyer that are, in a sense, a a building pledge card. And we want to be just obedient to Scripture. There's no name on these cards, so just let some some steam out right there. There's no name place on that card. There's just a place for after I've prayerfully prayed and fasted about what the Lord would have me do, he's leading me to give this as just a one-time amount towards this down payment. And or as I've been seeking the Lord and praying and fasting, he's been leading me to uh, just put a monthly contribution out there over the course of time. And then there's a place for just notes, for questions, for comments. You know, you can put any information that you might want. If you have some questions, you come ask us even after the service. Maybe there's even as we were looking in Exodus today, maybe there's just a material or a certain need in this building that the Lord would have you. uh, He would have you. give towards a new furnace. He would have you give towards a heat pump. He would have you give towards some insulation or to some flooring or something like that. The Lord in that time had put on your heart. So those cards are there, and we're going to ask you as you fasted and prayed that by next Sunday, you would bring those cards back, you'd have it filled out, and you would just put it in the agape box. And what that's going to do, that's going to give us a gauge that at this point in our church, as we've been seeking the Lord, it's over a year that we've fasted, we've prayed, we've thought about this. It's nothing new to us. 
Uh, and then we've spent more time this week fasting and praying. This will be our gauge on uh, that this, this is what the Lord has. You know, it could be above and beyond the down payment that we would need. And it could just totally fit some major renovations that are needed. And praise God, we go right into it. It could be right at that level that we need for the down payment to get in there. We're out of here December 31st. We're in there. We've got a home. Praise God. We're going to have to deal with first world problems. You know, oh, I think I can hear the kids from downstairs. Oh, what am I going to do? Like, you know, or, oh my goodness, you know, that's from the 80s. You know, like, I'm from the 80s. Love me. Love that. You know, P. Green can come back. Just get used to it. You know, but you know, when you go on a Nepal trip, you go into these churches that they meet in the pastor's home. The pastor's home was crushed in the earthquake. So they meet in like the pig shed out back. That's about this high off the ground. And you walk in and you sit on their pig shed and you worship and you pray together and you sing worship to God. And then pastor Prim says a message from a back bedroom that he's back there. Hey man, I think you guys should know about Jesus, you know, blah, blah, you know. And it's like, boy, this is, this is a little different than American church. And we realize that. This is American church. We've had questions going among the elders and among the team that, Lord, is this actually going to be a hindrance? Is the American church or the American dream? We want to run from Americanism. But we want to run to, you know, this is the culture we're in. This is how we can make disciples in this culture. This is how we can best be effective. And this is where we're at as a body. So all that being said, fasting and praying Bring it in next Sunday. No name on it. No pressure. Be faithful to do what the Lord has called you to do. Help us get a gauge of what we can be countering, offering, and working with the Episcopal Church. And then we'll move forward from there. I just want you to know, guys, we are not going to manhandle this thing. You know, we are going to be led by the Spirit and in prayer and in love and in charity. It's interesting that Rob was teaching about the building of the temple and the, dedica- and the offerings being brought well, they went through their building thing, and, and whether this is our building thing or not, who knows, but this is a building. This is where we're at with the facility need, and we're in 1 Timothy, and just, just to scare you a little bit, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. I say scare you because um, I do have an hour Bible study prepared right here that I could go to, but I'm not going to, and I'll touch on that for a second. In 1 Timothy, where we are at right now in our walk through the word. The key passage. Is chapter 3. Where are we here? I got so many numbers and verses and things going through my mind right now. I want to say chapter 3, verse 16, but I also have pages missing from my Bible, so I'm not sure what. Well, I might not have the reference down, but I do have it in my heart. I don't know if that matters to you guys. Verse 15, that's why I was one verse off. Three... 315. There's a few good memory verses out there that are 316. I don't know if you know, but this is 315. He says, I'm writing. If I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, 
which is the church of the living God and the pillar and ground of the truth. So we're going through 1 Timothy right now. We're looking at some tough stuff. Today was going to be an in-depth, we're going to do some work today in the Bible. Uh, We were, were being the key word, don't worry. But even in these hard passages, like last week's teaching, this week's teaching, the next two after that, we're going to be looking at things that there are specific instructions of how we are to conduct ourselves in the house of God. In the house of God, where you gather together. There's specific instruction in the New Testament about gathering together for certain purposes so that we can be trained and equipped and useful to one another to build one another up so that we can go out and display Christ to this world. And so as we do that as a church, we, over the next course of the next few weeks in 1 Timothy, let's not forget that, that we are a house of God. You know, we are a pillar. We are a ground of the truth. As we have the worship team come back up. You know, to be honest with you, I was raised in a bit of a traditional church. And then going to Calvary Chapel, a little laid back, you can untuck your shirt, you know, uh, maybe wear flip-flops to teach in, something like that. Uh, you know, there was a time in my life that seeing a building like this, I was just, nah, nah, no thanks, you know, steeple, you know, ah, oh, man, open the door and see all the people, you know. Um, and way before this church was even an option, someone forwarded me a Gospel Coalition article about architecture of the church and why churches are built the way they are and what the missional purpose was of that. And I was looking at uh, a portion of it that has to do with the steeple. You know, and, and one was just architecturally, it helps break up the look from other buildings, so there's no confusion on what this building is. It's a church, it's obvious, you look at it. Uh, but also the lines were designed to point people's eyes upward, to point them up to heaven. And so we're not saying, you know, that steeples are great or steeples are bad, but we're just saying, you know, if we get this building, our desire is to point people's eyes to Jesus, to point people's eyes to heaven. You know, for me, as I'm just thinking about this, I think of this basement that this church has, and it's just got these concrete walls that go down deep and strong. You know, whether we get this building or not, you know, it's almost a picture of what the local church is to be. Deep and strong, the house of God is a pillar and a ground of the truth of God. And that's what we want Calvary Chapel to be, whether we're meeting here in an old uh, bowling alley that shares a wall with a meat market. If you go through that door, you get a smell of some nice smoked sausages. It's a wonderful place to pray, you know, or whether we meet in homes or whether we meet at, uh, at a 1946 church. We want to be where the Lord has us. So pray for us as a leadership. Pray for us as a church. Let's purpose our hearts to seek the Lord and what he has for us. I'm excited. I'm excited just for the season that God has us in. I'm excited about the possibility and the potential. I'm cautious. I'm open-handed with this. I'm open-handed for the Lord to just say no. He's done it before. It's been wonderful the way he said no before. I'm happy if he does it again. There's no shame in that. But here we are, guys. Here we are, moving forward as a body. It's an exciting place to be together. Will you seek the Lord with me in this? I don't know if the song has anything to do with it. It probably has something to do with, and let the women keep silent in church. You know it's in there. It's First Timothy. You know, that was next week's sermon. <clears throat> Is that what, not what we're doing? Okay, cool. 
Don't worry, that's not how I'll be teaching that <laughs> next week. Show of hands, who wants to get into it today? Nope. Oh, Corey's up for it, let's do it. One is the majority. Let's stand together, let's seek the Lord, let's give it to him. Let's trust him. Lord God, we just come before you as a body. Not surprised, this has been in front of us for a while, a season, but but excited that uh, this is just the next step. It's a step of seeking you. It's a step of taking steps of faith and putting offers out and just seeing what you might do. And we're just thankful, Lord, that you've got your eye on us. We're thankful, Lord, that in the book of Revelation, you see lampstands. And Revelation tells us those lampstands are the churches. And we see you walking in the midst of the churches, Lord. We thank you that you walk in the midst of Calvary Chapel of Crook County. And all the seasons that we go through and all the storms that we go through and all the rejoicing we go through, you're in it, Lord. As we endeavor to please you and obey you and worship you in response to your wonderful love and grace towards us, Lord, we pray that you'd be pleased, that you'd be able to write a letter to us as you did in Revelation that's just a letter of pleasure, Lord. Lord, we invite you to speak correction into us as you wrote correction to the letters of the churches. Lord, we don't worry. We trust you. We know that this is your church. You provide a home for your children, God. Let us continue to be the pillar and the ground of the truth. Move in this church, Lord. Move by the Spirit. Lord, whatever happens, if zero dollars come in as pledges, Lord, let that be a move of your spirit. If above and beyond comes in, and we'd be able to say from the Ephesians 3 prayer, now unto him who's able to do above and beyond what we could even ask or think, to him alone be glory in the churches forever and ever. We pray for a work of your spirit as we walk in step with you, Lord. Let's seek the Lord. Let's pray together. Let's worship together.